0: here in the Davis McCord State Farm Studio. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Joining me, Benjamin Woodhouse, here momentarily. But like we always do, I want to remind you, before we get this episode started, that the show is brought to you by Davis McCord and the good folks at State Farm. If you need good neighbor service and surprisingly great rates, look no further than Davis and the good folks over at State Farm. They're your one-stop shop in Tennessee and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. Give them a call, 901-755-6110, for your surprisingly great rates today. Podcast also brought to you by Transamerica Insurance. They are changing the way that you look at life insurance. They were rated best term life insurance company in 2020 by Forbes. They offer 10, 20, and 30-year term life insurance catered to your individual needs. Ask them about their living benefits option and get a free quote by calling local agent Drew Moak at 601 953 8449. Lastly, we talk about them all the time. You hear them on the ad reads in the middle of the show, but I'm going to remind you of this incredible deal that Greg Jones and the folks at LB's Meat Market have going on right now. I told you about it last week when Greg and I talked grilling. I'm going to remind you here if you're in Oxford or if you live there and you're just there all the time, go by and see him and uh, tell him that you listen to the show, and you will get a podcast rebellion perk as he is calling it a 16 ounce prime strip for $15 and a pack of sausage for $5. That is a humongous dinner for $20. So if it's just you, I mean, hell that's, that's dinner and lunch the next day, maybe dinner, lunch, and then dinner again. And if you uh, have a a loved one, significant other, uh, or just a buddy, just a friend that wants to eat some good protein. There you go. It's a good dinner. So, Tell Greg, whoever else is at LB's, tell them you listen to the show, and uh, they will hook it up with the podcast Rebellion Perk. That's a 16 ounce prime strip for 15 bucks, and a pack of sausage for five bucks over at LB's Meat Market in Oxford. All right, Ben,
1: how are you? You know it's it's time to it's time to kick off the season. We're we're only one week into fall camp. I'm already ready for the first game everybody's bigger and stronger and everybody's strength coach is the best. And I know that's like kind of an, a tired thing, but joke or running joke, but I mean, it's true. You know, you hear about how much better the team looks, how good the team looks. And uh, it was interesting though, reading about the scrimmage on Sunday is the uh, offense pretty much kind of had their way as expected, but I found it interesting that Kiffin said, you know, last year in the preseason, the defense played pretty well. And so, um, maybe you know, maybe our offense is going to be the best in the country. Uh, this is a two-part question. Yep. Do you
0: think that a lot of the early struggles of this defense are possibly related to the offense they go against every day is probably one of the best in the country? Second, could and this is not spin zone or making excuses. I'm just, just question.
1: Could he potentially be speaking to the defense through the media? Sure, he could. Absolutely good. And I think both of those are true. I think that I think it's a top five offense. It's probably a top two offense, if not the best. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're gonna have one of the best quarterbacks in the country, the best running back stable in the country, or or close to it. Um yeah. the receiving core is not AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, but I mean, we're probably never going to have that again, but they are good. Yeah. Uh, and the offensive line is almost the entire offensive lines returning so you know and and continuity continuity there is so so crucial in college football or in any level you know anytime you've got a returning offensive line that does away with you know you have fewer penalties you have um you know less it's just it's just you know less blown uh, protections. So, you know, Corral will be just that much more comfortable in the pocket. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's so much we could talk about with the offense. The offense is going to be very good. Um, Everybody knows that. The offense was very good last year and returns almost everybody. Now you lose Elijah Moore, but um, it's interesting. You know, I'm kind of neutral in the defense in the preseason simply because, I mean, they were just so – they struggled so much last year. That you know a lot's going to have to improve for them to get better, but you know that's what you know. Even the coaching staff has said, you know, we we should have been better than we were last year. You know, that's you know, yes, is a first year, and yes, you know, we've got these issues to work out, and yes, we've we had scholarship limitations for several years in a row, but there's still no excuse to be one seventeenth or whatever they were in defense. So you know, even if you cut that in half, this Ole Miss win? eight or nine games is possible. I mean it's possible Miss could, you know, with the 60th ranked defense could go nine and three.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up Elijah Moore because I do have another question to pose to you there. Um I did a deep dive into Matt Corral. It's on the website, redcuprebellion.com. We're kind of rolling out these, you know, we didn't want to do the the standard like position by position breakdown of the 2021 season. We wanted to do something a little different. We wanted to get more in depth. We wanted to take a different angle at it with all of our preview posts. So we're going to be rolling those out slowly as we get towards Labor Day weekend, um, for the kickoff against Louisville. So I had the task of breaking down, uh, Matt Corral, and there was a comment on the web on, on the site that somebody asked, you know, who's going to be this year's Elijah Moore. Cause obviously huge piece to lose. Um, I mean, honestly, right now, he, he's banged up, got a little bit of a quad injury. So he's just kind of precautionary sitting out preseason. But it looks like he's probably going to be the number one target um, for Zach Wilson and, and, and the Jets up there. But, you know, I got to thinking about it. And Ben, I want to ask you, do you think that this year is Elijah Moore? And now I know he's not necessarily a wide receiver, but do we think it could be Jerry Neely with how multiple they're going to be? Jeff Levy has hinted at it in press conferences where he said that he would be stupid not to get the ball to Jerry as much as possible. I think they're going to move him around a lot because they have the flexibility of Snoop Connor and Henry Parrish control bullet back there. I think he could be, and this this might be foreshadowing for a post maybe in the next week or two that I might dive into. He could be this year's Elijah Moore in this offense as that go-to guy that is going to get the ball on third down to get you, you know, move the chains or just make that huge play um, that, you know, is going to keep drives going and, and really shift the momentum of the game. Do you think that that's something that could possibly be on the table for this offense? Okay,
1: I'll, I will I will raise you, Eliza Moore, and um, I'd like – you know, I wish you could guess who I'm thinking right now. Like, do you think of Lane Kiffin? What player do you think of? Like what college football player? Reggie in, Bush. Yep. Yeah. 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 And we that, and we we talked, talked about this. We right. made that and comparison, I'm not, and I'm not and, saying. I mean, I think Jerry's very good. I and he's probably going to be a better NFL player than Reggie Bush. I'm not calling Jerry Ely Reggie Bush in college. Um, even though I do <laughs> yeah. think he'll have a better NFL career. Um, he could. He could. He could. He could. And I I think he's built better for the NFL. But, or at least as good. And it's not like Reggie had a bad NFL career. He was just one of the best college football. Me won the highest trophy. He, so I'll say this when you said Jerry, and I mean to cut
0: you off, but when you said Jerry is built for the NFL, Reggie Bush was probably 10 years ahead of his time. Like right now in the NFL, he would be, I mean, he's basically what, like Alvin Kamara is basically what Reggie was.
1: That's, that's a good comparison. Kamara's probably got a little more strength, but uh, yeah, Yeah, I disagree there. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think he gets fifteen to twenty touches a game. Whether that's you know, I think most of them are going to be out of the backfield. I think he'll line up. You know, he'll catch some passes too. You know, I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that he's going to. And he, I mean, naturally needs to take that step. I mean, Elijah took that step. Mm-hmm. Elijah Moore was really good his freshman sophomore year. There's no doubt. But he wasn't a second rounder. No, and and and, and so. You know that's kind of what, and we see this. You know, AJ Brown was good from day one, and Laquan mm-hmm. Redwell was good from day one, and but a lot of these guys, man, when they, when it comes draft year, they, it things change, and they you know they they treat the off season. And I'm not saying Jerry Neely has not worked hard the entire time he's been. I'm sure he has, but something yeah. clicks for these guys, and it's like mm-hmm. I don't know if they take practice differently, but everything about them. Because they're playing for their, I mean, their family's future now. Their their future kids or current kids' future, and so you know, with the because, like, when you're a freshman or sophomore, you have a bad game. It's like, oh, well, he's an underclass, but he'll figure it out. That doesn't happen once you become a junior. At that point, Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, you know, now, you know, there's an expectation that you need to be an All SEC player. You need to be, you know, fringe All American. And, and get the extra, you know, two yards that you need on the goal line or maybe you get stopped by that linebacker as a freshman or sophomore. I, I expect Ely. I mean, I expect the entire running, you know, the backfield, where that would be Snoop Connor or whoever. I mean, I expect them all to be good this year. I really do. Like, I'm so – I could not be more bullish on the offense. Could not. I mean, the only thing I think we're missing is a true number one target. And maybe we have one, I just don't know it. I mean, maybe it's Braylon Sanders, but I'm talking, well, a, you know, a true all-SEC receiver. Well, I was gonna say that's
0: that uh, hell. A, that's, that's two segues in a row that are just, that, just so natural, and that's why and we're just winging this.
1: I mean, that's like, why you're on the show, Ben.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that Braylon Sanders. You talk about taking that next step and recognizing the significance of a draft year. Um, you know, hurt the ankle against LSU. Um, and honestly, I mean, I think that and, and Jerry and Ely being banged up and then obviously Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa not playing in that game, Braylon Sanders going down in that game when he scored and Ole Miss had all of the momentum, it did drastically change the offense and the flow of that game. I don't think a lot of people thought he would be at the level he's at right now in fall camp. And it's just been one week they kick off. We're, we're recording this Monday evening. They'll have their, um.
1: First one in month week. exactly or three weeks from the first game three or four weeks from the night right yeah 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 14 14 days
0: 15 days or so um i mean he has he, he has i think exceeded everyone's expectations on where he would be physically um you know the ankle is such a such a finicky thing to to injure as a receiver because of the quick cuts and you Got to get in and out of breaks and, and reach top speed to be effective, all of that good stuff. And I mean, from everything that has been said in fall camp so far, is that Brendan Sanders looks like a completely different person. That I mean, you know, people have been using the term dude as like he is going to be a guy that, you know, could potentially go in the top three rounds of the NFL draft. And, you know, you mentioned they need a number one target. You've got Sanders, who certainly looks the part early in fall camp, Dontario Drummond's back. He had a really good season last year, came on late, um, kind of a reliable possession guy, even though he's also a downfield threat with speed. He's got really good hands. And then you talk about taking that next step and really kicking it up a notch. Number one, Jonathan Mingo, it's it's kind of time for him to, to really, you know, be a guy. He flashed a little bit last year. He had some really good, um, you know, he had a really good game against Kentucky. Um, and then just kind of flashed here and there throughout the season, it's time for him to, to be that guy. And I think if he's not going to be the guy, I think another name to know, uh, as we get towards the uh, beginning of the season, I think they're limiting him right now in fall camp, but true freshman Braylon Brown out of out of Florida, St. Thomas Aquinas high school, which is where Elijah Moore went, um, so far before being slowed by a hamstring injury in fall camp, he was basically being talked about as being the true freshman that starts on the offense.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, um, I agree about Mingo this time, man. Like, it, you know, and I think he will. I think he'll step up. You know, I, I think that, you know, not, we're. I don't think anybody's asking him to come out and be a first-rounder this year, even though I'd, I'd love it if he were to be. Um, we all would, but I do think that he's going to take that step. You know, he showed flat the the, the promising thing about Mingo is the, it's not ability for him. You know, some people, right, right they could go to practice and they could practice their tail off for four years and they could work out harder than anybody for four years. And they're just going to be Jamez Logan. Like, that's just what they are. And then there are guys who are going to go and, and, you know, and that's fine. Like he was a great player. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then there are guys that's like, man, if this guy can figure it out where he's, you know, a, ability is not his shortcoming. I'm not saying effort is, mm-hmm. but like the the ability is there. And so, you know, you always wanna be it's like the Jamie Tart on Ted Lasso. Like you wanna, you know, you want the guy that's got the ability and um all he needs you know is maybe confidence or a break to go his way or work at the, you, you don't know what that is but mm-hmm. um you know that that's my opinion on mingo and you know and, and about brown you know i'm I'm along with everybody else that's all i've heard is braylon brown braylon brown braylon brown so yeah. you know
0: um and, and you know you, you touched on it and i want to say something about it before we forget move on to defense but what you said about the offensive line could not ring true any louder. Um, and, and my God, we just made a Mississippi State joke on an Ole Miss podcast. So that's good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean –
1: Did he, you hear them they said ring true? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go
0: ahead. <laughs> the, the, the addition of Orlando Umana at center, and he's been a little banged up. And, honestly, I think it's just getting acclimated to the heat in Mississippi. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. look – <laughs> And and that's not a slide on him at all because he's coming from <laughs> out there in Utah where there is zero humidity and it is just perfect every single day to where it's eighty five percent humidity at nine a.m. So anybody's gonna
1: you know have to deal with that change and it's out gonna, there where it, the air is thin to where it feels like you've got a blanket <laughs> on when you walk outside here a wet right yeah um
0: so with him you know taking over at center moving Ben Brown over to guard where he's more comfortable. You've got um, Caleb Ramsey at the other guard. You've got Jeremy James. You've got um, Nick Broker. I mean, there, there's a ton of buzz about the offensive line. And, yeah, I mean, that is so huge to be able to give Matt Corral that confidence and just keeping him comfortable and keeping him upright to have a a, a veteran group that is experienced. And, and, look, I'll say it. I think they probably got three, maybe four – NFL linemen that are on this offensive line. And look, I mean, they could all five eventually go. I mean, Jeremy James and, and Caleb Ramsey are young. But I think Ben Brown, Orlando Umana, and Nick Broker are absolutely going to play in the NFL in the offensive line. And I mean, it's it's the perfect storm. And and before we move to defense, I think the only thing that this, this offense truly lacks, if you want to really knock them down a peg, is they don't really have a legitimate go-to experience tied in right now.
1: Yeah, and you know, maybe it's, uh, the true freshman, what's his name, Wolf, Hudson Wolf?
0: Yeah, Hudson Wolf, uh,
1: um, and he's he's another guy that's, I think, a little bit farther than they thought physically,
0: because he had that minor back surgery in high school. I think they expected him to redshirt, um, he's had a black jersey on in practice, which is, you know, non-contact, don't tackle, whatever, don't hit him. Um, if they feel like he's physically ready to contribute and, you know, somebody like Casey Kelly is still starting, you know, to work his way back to 100 percent off of that ACL. Um, I mean, you've got Demarcus Thomas that's battling there um, who had the scare last year in practice. Um, I mean, they've got options there. It's not like they just don't have anyone, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, they, they don't have that, that Kenny Oboa, that guy that's been there, done that, and is just stepping in and taking off day one. So I think if they can find somebody at tight end, I mean, this offense is probably one of, if not the most dangerous
1: offenses in the country. Um, All right, you ready to move to defense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, do you have, any, we do you have just anything briefly... else in offense? No, not really. I mean, and I really—we can just be brief on defense because we just don't know. There's the unknown. I think our yeah. linebacker, our linebacker room is pretty good. I think our safety room is pretty good. I like. Uh, I think I saw where Kedron Smith had been moved to safety. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't disagree with that move. I think that you know, obviously, um, the uh, transfer from Georgia. Um, uh, Otis, what's his name? I, I you know I, Otis I really, Reese, Otis Reese, yeah, I mean uh, th- they're gonna be fine. and I've been very vocal about this with you. The concern for me is is upfront. I mean, we're gonna mm. have to mix up our looks because you know I think about all the teams that we've had at least in my lifetime that have won a bunch of games outside of two thousand and three. Let's take them out of it. But two thousand and three was really before Alabama got cranked up. Now OSU was a lot better, but but times were different then. Um the 08 team, the 09 team, the 14 team, and the 15 team, they all had very good defensive lines. I mean, good enough to the point that we could probably still name the starters. You know, 09, Marcus Tillman, Greg Hardy, Parade Jerry, or 08, Marcus Tillman, Parade Jerry, uh, Ted Laurent, or yeah, Greg Hardy, those guys, and then uh, uh, Kendra Lockett, and, and then 14 and 15, Ken Beachy, Gross, Channing Ward, CJ Johnson, you know, Woody Hamilton, uh, guys who played not just had a cup of coffee in the league, but played in the league. Yeah. You know, 08, J- Jarrell Pose on the bench. You know, he's like the fifth, you know, he starts in, I think, 09, but 08, he didn't start. I mean, he came off. He was, of course, the guys in front of him were really good. And so I guess, you know, Marcus, Marquise Haynes in in 14, 15, and 16. You know, we need some guys to step up. If we're going to have the type of season that Ole Miss fans, I I, I read a lot online, and as we all do, and a lot of people say, you know, this could be a special season. Well, if it's going to be, we need some guys up front to step up because Mm -hmm. we can't give up five, six, seven, eight yards of carry every game. You know, back when Eli Manning played, Eric Oliver would get a ton of tackles. He would get a ton of tackles (laughs) at free safety. Yeah, It's like, yeah, because they're running eight yards down the field. Yeah, and, and so if we don't want to have to beat Vandy or maybe not Vandy, but Arkansas or whoever in a shootout, those guys are going to have to step up. We need to get pressure on the quarterback better. And we need to, you know, at least, at least hold up the offensive lineman. I mean, it's like, you know, go back and watch some of our games last year, man. They were getting seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 yards of carry. And and, and not just Alabama. It wasn't just Najee Harris, South Carolina. And we won mm-hmm. the game. But I mean, unless we're gonna be in a lot of a lot more fifty-nine to forty-two games, and we might be. I mean, our offense is that good. But like, you know, stop hold them a little bit, do something. And so, and I think that they I think there's guys there that could step up. We just don't know them yet. I mean, going into <clears throat> gosh, what, two thousand and eight, that team was three and nine the year before, or three and eight mm-hmm. or whatever. So, I mean, yeah. it's not it's not like we may not I mean, we might have guys over there. I, I don't know. I mean, I know this. We're gonna have a lot of experience behind them. So if they can just, you know, provide some kind of wall, it might be a, a completely different year than what I'm expecting. You know, you go from seven and five, eight and four to nine and three, ten and two. Oh
0: yeah. I mean, you, you've gotta have and this might be too much to ask and, and and it's you know, no fault of of the players because it's a huge jump to go from junior college to play in the sec but that first year from juco to power five football is usually pretty tough it takes a special guy to just come in and not skip a beat um you know it it takes somebody like cam newton uh to just come in and immediately have success but they're gonna need isaiah and, and jamon gordon to give them something up front now i think they're gonna be better up front and like we said earlier they can't get much worse they were in the you know the the bottom five of the country in total defense. So it it can't get, it really can't get much worse. Um, But they just got to get some pressure on the quarterback. I mean, Sam Williams has got to finally step up and something's got to click to where he's got to be a guy. He's got to be somebody that offensive tackles hate going against Tariqius Tisdale. Now I've heard some early rumblings that he's had a really good camp and they've moved him over to nose tackle and his athleticism and his quickness has been really difficult For um, Ben Brown and Orlando Umana and whoever else is playing center to handle. Maybe that's the X factor. Maybe somebody like him that is just a freak and can create some, some, you know, chaos in the middle can really disrupt some running lanes. Um, But yeah, they've got to get some pressure because I do think the secondary is going to be much better. They added some really good pieces from the freshman class that I think there's going to be some, some true freshmen. There's going to be some 18, 19 year olds that are going to be playing on Saturdays this season But they've got a ton of experience and a ton of talent returning. A.J. Finley really closed the season strong last year. Otis Reese, when he finally got eligible and finally got on the field, made a huge difference. Um, The Navy transfer, Jake Springer, is going to be a factor in the secondary at the second level when he's playing that hybrid strong safety. He's going to be involved everywhere. Um, look he's a shell of himself because of the ACL injury but Jalen Jones is still there that's a ton of experience that's you know the the cliche coach on the field type guy um, and then you've got you know Jalen Jordan, Tyler Knight um, you've got a lot of guys that played a ton of football last year and they closed that season on a really big a really high note against Indiana in the Outback Bowl so look it's not going to be you know it's not going to be night and day different, but look, like we, we teased it um, on a show last week, Bill Connelly's projections, and we'll get more into SP plus when we get closer to the season when Nick's on here, because he's our expert on SP plus and analytics. He had him projected at 59th in the country defensively. If Ole Miss is anywhere in the neighborhood of that, I, I'm sorry. This team is probably going to win nine games.
1: You know, that is, that is, twice as good as they were last year literally twice as good yeah
0: so that's that's the key i mean look it, it, it might be like well well, no shit no duh like they got to be better defensively but yeah if they're even remotely close to 59th 60th 65th in the country defensively this team's going to win a lot of football games so um yeah. we're going to take our break uh when we come back we're going to talk a little bit about the ap poll and just kind of an overarching uh you know a 5,000 foot view of college football um, as we get closer and closer to kickoff. So hang tight. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. It's Zach again, Podcast Rebellion, to remind you of our lovely sponsors here at the show. If you like New Orleans-inspired cuisine, go see Kelly English and the good folks in Memphis at Second Line or Restaurant Iris for some fantastic food and cocktails. You can also travel down to the coast to Magnolia House in Biloxi at Harris Gulf Coast. Blackjack, craps, slots, southern cooking, cocktails, what's not to like? All three fantastic establishments part of the Kelly English Restaurant Group. Good food, good people, good cocktails. It can't be beat. That's Second Line, Restaurant Iris in Memphis, and Magnolia House in Biloxi. Speaking of good food, if you're in Oxford, go see Greg and the good folks at LB's Meat Market, the inaugural sponsor of this year's podcast, on University Avenue across from Kroger. Celebrate with the best protein for your almost grilling needs with Greg and the rest of the folks there. And be sure to tell them that Red Cup sent you for exclusive deals and promotions. Remember, the Philly combo is back for just $10 right now. And you've got your lunch specials, 11 to 3.30, Monday through Friday. That's LB's Meat Market on University, across from Kroger. Arby's is full of shit. LB's has the meats. Speaking of Oxford, if you're looking to get some libations going, be sure to check out Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery. It's a quick little 8 minute drive South of Oxford on Old Taylor Road And it's the only spot in the Magnolia State For a true grain to glass gin experience The space is fantastic Chan and the rest of the guys there are Doing some fantastic stuff uh, Go there, get a tour Do a tasting Or you could do both Inquire about maybe renting it out For a private event Maybe a anniversary A wedding reception A rehearsal dinner Something The place is amazing. That's Wonderbird Spirits, North Mississippi's first distillery in Taylor, Mississippi. And be sure to follow them on Instagram for all their latest updates and uh, comings and goings there at Wonderbird. Speaking of libations, if you're in Memphis and you're looking to stock the cooler this year, Old Dominic on South Front Street is your place to go. Just like Wonderbird, you could go there for a tasting, for a tour, or both – and be sure to check out their rooftop bar, which is super awesome, has some great views of downtown Memphis, of the Mississippi River. Uh, you can try their Healing Station High Rye Bourbon, the Memphis Toddy, the Memphis Vodka, or the new Honeybell Bell Vodka. You can get it all there or at your local package store. So celebrate with that Healing Station Bourbon, a very small batch high rye bourbon by the folks at Old Dominic. It's a bold classic whiskey with notes of stone fruit, dark cherry, just the right amount of spice and heritage that dates back to 1866. You can enjoy it neat or even in your favorite cocktail like an old-fashioned. It's got a mash bill of 52% corn, 44% rye, and 4% malt. Healing Station stands alone in its category of high-rye bourbons. So you could do that, or you can enjoy a quick taste of Memphis Toddy before the game this weekend, and then you can wind down with that Healing Station afterwards. So, like we always say... Ask your pa- ask, ask your package store where you can find Healing Station by Old Dominic, and as always, OD encourages you to share a sip responsibly. And last but certainly not least, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, make it a Clark Ford vehicle. Corey Clark and the rest of the folks in Amory, Mississippi, on Highway 25 are committed to finding you a new vehicle today. Be sure to browse their inventory online, request more information about the vehicles, set up a test drive inquire about financing all online if you want to do it a little old school maybe uh conversate via telephone you can give them a call at 662-257-1900 and get in a new ford today And we are back here on Podcast Rebellion. Zach Barry, Ben Woodhouse here with you. All right, Ben. So, Bill Connolly um, kind of released a everything you need to know about every FBS team. Um, We can, you know, we're not going to do every single team, every single conference, but uh, we'll kind of pick and choose here as we go through looking at some of the uh, high points from uh, the post he put out on ESPN.com. Um, We'll start with the SEC. Um, The SEC East, um, I think it all starts with Georgia, Um, their first in defensive SP+. And in their eight wins um, from a year ago, they beat opponents by an average score of 34-14. to But in the two losses against Alabama Mm. and Florida, two elite offenses, they allowed 891 passing yards and 85 points.
1: That's unbelievable.
0: Again, it's two elite offenses, so it's not going to be like that every single year, and both of those offenses are going to look drastically different in 2021. Do we think that Georgia is – we know what they have defensively. They're going to be probably the best defense in the country. Is JT Daniels going to be enough for them offensively to take that next step and to possibly win the SEC?
1: No. Uh, I don't think so. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's a that's a uh, hard way to lead into a talking point. Look, you know, until, until – I'll believe it when I see it. I guess, you know, I, I think they'll win the East, but I don't know that they're going to beat whoever comes out of the West, likely Alabama. Um, I think they're probably the third or fourth best team in the conference. Georgia, I mean, I think they've got a lot of talent. Um, obviously, they've recruited like, you know, Gangbusters for the last mm-hmm. five years, but uh, I think their defense is going to be really good. But you know, I think JT Daniels is a good player. I just I don't know that I see them, you know, winning the the conference or you know, frankly, even making the college football playoff. I think they they're probably going to get beat by Clemson in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Then they're gonna then they're gonna lose to. I think they have to play at Texas A&M this year. I can't remember. There, there's a there's another tough SEC game in there. And uh um anyway, they'll they're gonna go ten and two and they're gonna play like in the sugar bowl or something, and they're just gonna like you know, rail whoever that that is. But I think they're gonna be or whatever uh, New Year's Six game that's not accessible, it's not a playoff. And um and they'll just wallop them and everybody'll be on Team Georgia for next year.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and look, man, I think you know Kirby Smart, probably the biggest thing he's going to have to do from a coaching standpoint, he's going to have to keep them into it because if they lose to Clemson week one, I mean, you're already behind the eight ball, like
1: immediately. Because No, I know. you can't, There is no room for error at that point.
0: You well, literally yeah, have s- to run the table. Yeah, I was going to say, if you, if you lose to Clemson week one, I mean, I honestly feel like with the college football playoff selection committee, it's a lot of "What have you done for me lately?" when they when they start votes or when they start voting. If you lose that early, and then you run the table, and then lose to Bama in Atlanta and the SEC title, and you have two losses, depending on what everybody else does, you probably have a good shot at still making the playoff. Now, I know, if you, I'm sitting
1: here looking at their schedule. I was wrong about the a and there, this is a cakewalk of a schedule. We, I know we went over it before. You know, even if they lose to Clemson, you know the only other threat they have is, I guess, Florida. They go to Auburn. Yeah. But we know that they're not going to be very good. So, and I think they know, beat Florida this year. Yeah. So I mean, they're looking at eleven and one. So I mean, this will come down to the SEC championship game. But now, if they go there and get smoked, you know, they're going to let them in at at eleven and two. Yeah, I was going to say, it
0: depends on what kind of game they play in Atlanta. I know. That's right. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if they beat Clemson week one, I mean, they're sitting pretty because you just run the table and then you lose to Bama and Atlanta. So what? You win the East and you still get in the playoff. If you lose to Clemson, the Heat turns up because you, you, like you said, they have no room for error. Um,
1: all right, so in the West, uh, we've talked. Did enough you on see? This. I know you didn't. I uh, maybe you mentioned this. Did you see where JT Daniels' his new nil bill? No, what did he, he get? He gets a um, he a hundred dollars per signature.
0: Oh wow, good um, for him.
1: They're <laughs> they're saying it's likely going to reach seven figures. That's unbelievable. Well, there, you go. Yeah, I there know. you go. He said he's going to share the money with his teammates.
0: Well, that's cool. So that's cool. I mean, it is he should cool. he should give it to at least his offensive line.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I would give it to just like split a, among the team, man. Like, you know, especially for JT Daniels, and you're planning on playing NFL anyway. Yeah, you this isn't going. To, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll move on to the West.
0: Um, yeah, we, we talk enough on this. We're gonna look at somebody else here. Uh, this is a wild statistic here from Bill C. Uh, national title since two thousand nine. Everyone else in the FBS has four. The SEC West alone has eight.
1: Yeah, I know. It's It's crazy, man. Pretty insane.
0: Um, Alabama obviously has six of those. Um, But uh, I think – There hasn't – go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I I think it's very easy, the the top two teams in the West, it's Alabama one, A&M two. I think Ole Miss is three. I know that you've gone back and forth. With putting Ole Miss at three or putting LSU at three, just kind of by default with their schedule and just they're gonna I think I think in some weeks they're just gonna be more talented and they're just gonna eke wins out, but I still don't think they're gonna be very good. But when we look at Alabama and AM, AM's gotta replace Kellamon. He's not there anymore. We know Jimbo is a hell of a quarterback recruiter, he's a hell of a play caller. Is – I don't think they beat Alabama, but kind of a similar question that I posed about Georgia: can they run the table outside of that one game?
1: Yeah, it's possible. I mean, and honestly,
0: the the only possible hiccup is playing Ole Miss.
1: That's it. Yeah, I mean, I I think yeah, hey, you're exactly right. Look, I I think that um um. I, the only thing that concerns me about AM is their style of play is, mm-hmm. um, they, uh, they just, they have too many close games. I think we, you talked about this in our last show or maybe a show I was listening to you. I, you talk, I, I can't remember, but A&M, man, they, they just, the, they, Jimbo grinds out wins. Like they don't blow you out. I mean, I guess they'll blow some teams out, but, but it, it's so all they're they are up, like, what twenty seven to twenty one very late in the game. Too much for mm-hmm. me to be comfortable saying that. You know, I, I think they probably will. I mean, it's you know, Jimbo has proven that you know he wins more than he loses. But you know, I, in this in this day and age, in this SEC with this many high powered offenses, you know, it's it's nothing for a and m to you know. I don't know. I, the I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm talking myself out of it. I think Ole Miss and Alabama oh. are, the, are the best chances at losses, and then Alabama, obviously, being a loss, and then yeah, you know, they they, they have weird games with Arkansas. And, they always do. Um, always do. But you know that they get that game in Jerry World. You know they get Mississippi State at home. Their road games are just really winnable,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and they're gonna play LSU by the time they get to that game, this last game of the season, LSU's going to have quit. So the yeah. the key when you play LSU, and I've said this on the show before, is you need to play them after they play Alabama. Mm-hmm. Because most years they lose to Alabama, and once that happens, they lay down. Now, if you get them after they've beaten Alabama, then they score 50 on you. But
0: yeah. because then,
1: at that point, they're playing for the National Championship. Well, and
0: we've talked about it before. You know, this preseason, we've talked about it. Last year, we've talked about it plenty of shows. Jimbo's got a lot of Dan Mullen in him in big games where he coaches not to lose. He does. That's a great way to put it. And like you said, they they have a lot of tight games late that they just kind of grind out. And if you win those games, I guess it doesn't matter. Who cares? Because it's still a win. Um, But that can get you into trouble, man. I mean, there's been... What was it, the – well, hell, the 2019 game. I mean, I honestly think if John Rice Plumley doesn't fumble, Ole Miss has a real legitimate shot to win that game. It was probably one of the better coached games of that year with Rich Rod calling plays with Plumley running the football and they were really mixing things up and he gave them a ton of problems just with his feet – and they did just enough throwing to keep a honest. And I, if he doesn't fumble late, I think that they win that game. And then a couple of years ago with Jordan Tiamu on the road, they had a real shot at winning that one too. Um, and I just always feel like the game – the flow of the game is just it, – it's so mucky with, with Jimbo. He never really goes for the kill ever. And so I feel like that just kind of creeps up on him eventually – in some games when he really could put people away, but he just never does. Um, we talked about Georgia in the East having one of the better defenses in the country. I think A&M is going to have uh, something to say about that too. Um, A&M brings a ton back up front, and you know the Aggies always recruit well. Um, they're going to be as good as anybody on that side of the football. But again, who's replacing Kelamon? Is it going to be Haynes King? Is it going to be? Uh, his name is escaping me, but they have a guy with a big arm. I can't remember his name. Zach Kava something Cavanza. Um, I think it's going to be well, Hayes I mean, King, just,
1: but we don't know. Let's just. Th- All right. Last year, Am went nine and one. That's impressive. It is. They beat Vanderbilt seventeen to twelve. They beat Florida forty one <laughs> to thirty eight. They beat um, Auburn thirty one to twenty. But Auburn was winning going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's they, you know, they beat a good North Carolina team in what the they, Orange Bowl, but yeah. And but, look, we can't forget. And
0: I'll say it you don't have to worry about taking heat. They bitched out against Ole Miss. Oh,
1: yeah. They did. They didn't want to play they, Ole Miss. Right. Not that, not at that point in the season. And so, so, it, you know, I, I am a, um, I'm not a a doubter, so to speak. They just they just play. You know, it's hmm, eight. If you get if you put the over under at an eight and a half, oh man, I, I might take the over. I, but I'm probably not gonna say that. I mean, well, they get one loss with Bama. I, mm-hmm. I don't. Maybe they don't lose another one. They might. Oh, Miss is the best chance though. Do bring this full circle. Ole Miss is the best chance of A and M getting their second loss. Yeah, I was going to say eight and a half. I feel
0: pretty comfy going over, but if it was set at nine and a half, ooh, gets
1: a little dicey. Well, I mean, at that, that, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was thinking of a ten game schedule. let I, I would do uh, at nine and a half. You know, I'm probably going over on that as well. Like, I think they're this is a ten and two team minimum. Yeah, yeah. Simply but just the schedule. I,
0: The Arkansas, it's always squirrely. Um, It is. It is. All right. And, and, you
1: know, go ahead, go ahead. I'm good.
0: Well, we can do kind of a rapid fire here with the other Power Five conferences. I don't even think we need to spend too much time here. It is – no one's challenging Clemson in the ACC, right? Nobody. Uh, It's – Trevor Lawrence is gone, but – DJ Uyongalele is there. They're not going to skip much of a beat. The defense is going to be tremendous up front, and they're, they, they've they they got dudes. Uh, I don't think that there's any question there. I mean, Brent Venables is going to have that defense ready. Um, so many people are believing in Florida State. I just don't see it. No. I, they They have shown nothing for me to believe in them. And I think North Carolina is going to take a little bit of a step back. Sam Howell's still there, but I think that that offense is is really going to miss the. His name is escaping me. Uh, Michael Williams, the running back, um, he's gone to the NFL. I think they're going to miss that. Um, I, I. Nobody else can challenge him. It's just it's Clemson's to win uh, in the Big Twelve. Kind of the same thing. I mean, it's Oklahoma's conference, and everybody else is just existing there um yeah it might even be more lopsided than the acc probably is i don't think texas is ready yet i think steve sarkisian was a hell of a hire we've talked about it plenty where we said that if lane kiffin were to leave that i've at least said it i think you agree with me that my first call would have been to steve sarkisian um i just don't think they're going to be ready to compete there yet um so we can just go ahead and move on from the Big 12. Um the
1: Big Ten, shit. I mean it's the parity of college football, him, right? Yeah. Uh Ohio State and everybody else. And It'll be interesting to watch and see if a few quarterbacks transfer out of there, there if they start go. the early, early enrollee. There yeah. yeah. A bit of tease um, there.
0: You never know. We'll just leave it that for now. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's Ohio State and everybody else, Michigan. It's a lot like Florida State. They've shown me nothing to believe that they can do it. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is probably the most overpaid person in the world. Um, all right, so let's let's head out west to the Pac-12. Oregon's definitely the favorite in the north. Um. I mean, Mario Cristobal is trying to build his own West Coast Alabama with how they run the football, how they recruit defensively. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau is probably one of the better players in the country, probably has a good shot at going top five in the NFL draft. I I hear a lot of talk about Washington. I I don't think that – some people think that they're potentially a top ten team. I have no idea. Um, In the South, though. You've got Arizona State with the NCAA investigation looming. Utah has been as steady as anyone under – oh, my God, just drawing a complete blank on his name now. Um, Who's the coach that's been there just forever? Where? At Utah. Whittingham, right? Yeah. Uh, Now? Yeah, what's his name?
1: Utah. Kyle Whittingham? Football, It's Kyle Whittingham, right? Yeah, Kyle yeah,
0: Whittingham.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Um, I, 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 it was so obvious. I was like, wait, am I missing something? Yeah, <laughs> Kyle Whittingham. Yeah. I mean,
0: they, they win as steady as anyone. I mean, I think that that's probably who you're going to have to deal with in the Pac-12 uh, South. I don't think anybody else outside of UCLA is willing to step up there. I think Chip Kelly, and we've talked about it before, if you're cheering for anybody that's not an old Miss team, you need to cheer for UCLA and chip Kelly because i potentially there's some, I don't really know
1: how, and how enticing
0: that job is.
1: It. I think, I think, I think it's in California. To cheer, that's it. Cheer for Miami is what I think. That's a, that's a good point.
0: Um, and hell we were talking about the ACC and we don't even mention Miami. So that tells you what podcast rebellion thinks about the
1: hurricanes. Um, well, and, and you, they the this realignment stuff going on, like adding teams, helps on this because oh, the more the more strong teams come to the SEC, the more, you know, let, let's say SEC's like, you know what, Clemson and uh Florida State, y'all come to, or you know, just name two teams, Clemson and Virginia or whoever. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you kind of make the other conferences irrelevant. And that helps us, right? Because then mm-hmm. Miami becomes that school that's like, man. You remember when Miami was like very, very good, but now they play in the AAC and they can't recruit anybody because you know they've got they don't have the <laughs> money that they used to because they're not in a, you know. I mean, it's yeah. just like we're twenty years from the U, and that, I, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's when the U was going on. That was twenty years from. Barry, Switzer, Oklahoma. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's a long. That's a that's a distant memory at this point. So, I think Ole Miss needs to cheer for Miami, and I mean, you're not wrong. We need to cheer for UCLA as well. But I think those are the two schools that would give me the most concern. Just I mean, strictly yeah. based on location, it has nothing to do with the programs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yes, the programs are good, but I, I just. I don't see the UCLA thing as as quickly as I see the Miami thing, though. I could see that. Yeah,
0: and, and here's another wild card, and could be on both sides of the spectrum. Could be enticing, but UCLA did just get Jumpman, so I think that that buys Chip Kelly a couple of years too, because that's a huge investment. Um, you don't want coaching turnover after getting uh, that, you know, golden feather in your cap from Nike. Uh, one wild card I'll throw out for Pac-12 South, Colorado. Um, went four and two last year um, really showed some fight in some games. Um, they were, they were pretty interesting to watch late night, back all after dark. Um, and you, you know how I love my buff boys, but, uh, but I thought they were, they were, they were pretty feisty last year. Um, if we're going to talk independence, I mean, I, I think the only one to really touch on is Notre Dame. Um, got a ton to replace Ian book is gone, but, I mean, Brian Kelly has been truly as steady as anyone in college football outside of Nick Saban. Um, I mean, the guy just has that program heading in the right direction. Um, I mean, outside of a 2016 where they went four and eight, and uh, a 2014, his first three, let's see, Eight and five, eight and five. Then 2014 they went eight and five. 2015, 10 and 3. 2016, they were terrible. They went four and eight. But after that, 10 and 3, 12 and 1, 11 and 2, and 10 and 2 last year and lost in the Rose Bowl. Is Notre Dame still gonna be among the elites when it's all said and done at the end of the year? Hmm. I have me, to look at the schedule. Let's pull it up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who they play. I mean, All other right.
1: than what you here.
0: So they open the year at Florida State.
1: I think win. that's a win.
0: Toledo win. Win. Purdue win. Wisconsin. Now, this game, man, if you want to talk about a random ass college football game that you want to go to, at Soldier Field, the Shamrock Series against Wisconsin, September 25th at noon. That's a fun game. I still think that they beat Wisconsin. Um, Jack Cohn left Wisconsin. He is now at Notre Dame, I believe. That's correct.
1: Yeah, Yeah. starter. He's their starting
0: quarterback. That's right. Yeah, they named him the starter. Um, So there you go, revenge game for Mr. Cohn. Cincinnati, though, October 2nd, at home, could get dicey. Cincinnati, probably the best group of five team this year. I <sighs> lean win, but that one's tricky, man. I might take they the cats to cover.
1: In Notre Dame, this is a 10-win team. Now, if you're saying the college football, I mean, on this schedule, if you say mm-hmm. college football is a lead as the top 10 or 15, they're going to be ranked in that, that range at the end of the year. I think they're – appropriately ranked what are they preseason 13th or something
0: wikipedia has them at nine yeah ap nine
1: coaches poll seven we we make fun of notre dame a lot but but that's probably fair here i mean i I think think it is yeah i mean mean, i'm one of the defenders for the irish i don't get the whole hatred for notre dame i don't know why people hate a ton of games every year it's i mean nobody's, I don't think anybody's claiming that they're Alabama, maybe Lou Holtz, but like, you know, back in the day, you'd be like, they're going to win the national title this year. It's like, well, no, they're not going to win the national title, but no. they definitely yeah. are going to play in an access bowl. And that's a, I mean, I don't look people And and I look, know we that's, need to hurry your, up and close. If that's your floor, I mean, how can you yeah. complain? It, people need to, well, all right, college football, only one team, and this is any sport. So not just college football, one team wins the national title. Mm-hmm. So once you get past the, the thought that, you know, it's likely that you're not going to win the national championship unless you are, you know, Alabama really. I mean, even Ohio state, it's difficult. I mean, they, they only win it like once every 10 years, maybe. So mm-hmm. unless you are literally Alabama, then it's likely you're not going to win the national championship. And even for them, let's just say it's a 50% chance, even though they've won so many times the past few years, because you got Clemson now. But unless mm-hmm. you're Alabama or Clemson, you're probably not going to. Man, if you make an access ball every year, that is a great program. Like, that is, that is, I don't know what else you could really ask for. Like, if you, if you complain, like, man, we're not that good, we're 10th. Like, come mm-hmm. on, man, get over yourself. <laughs> because 10th yeah. is one play away from being fifth and two plays away from being first. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I you know, sorry for the tangent, but. I think Notre Dame is – I think that's a good program and they're going to win 10 games. No, I mean, yeah, that's a legitimate top 10 program right now. And, look, I mean, you can make all the
0: jokes you want, but Brian Kelly and that staff navigate the admissions requirements at that school and still put a great product on the field. I mean, they're not nearly as intense as Stanford. Uh, I mean, Brian Brian Shaw and and that staff over in Palo Alto have to deal with that. But Notre Dame is they can't recruit everybody because they have to meet the academic standards. So that's, you know, that's a deterrent in itself is that you just can't go get anyone like the SEC schools or the ACC schools. You got to be a good student to go there. So you're not only having to find good football players, but you got to find guys that are good in the classroom. And I'm not trying to get on some student athlete rant here, but, I mean, it's it's true. You, you can't avoid that conversation, but yeah, I mean, I think that they honestly looking at it here. The tricky games are Cincinnati, Southern Cal,
1: and we'll say. Stanford. It used to be, it used to be Navy, but Navy's not good anymore. So yeah, you know, Navy used to give Notre Dame problems, but just because they're different and they were good at what they did, but Navy, you know, Navy can't beat yeah. Army. And, look, I mean,
0: Soldier Field, Chicago, that Wisconsin game, I mean, Chicago's not far from Madison, and a ton of Wisconsin alum live in Chicago. Um, I, I saw that when I was there. But that's a just a hop, skip, and a jump from South Bend. So, it'll be a virtual home game for them
1: at Soldier Field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, at the very worst, it'll be 50% of our game fans. <laughs> I mean, it's probably going to be 80%. I mean, you also have to remember, Notre Dame's a much smaller school than Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. but, like, Notre Dame has the permanent national TV. I mean, they've got a ton of just built-in fans. You know, like, it's just people who know, you know, the 85%ers. Notre Dame's probably the most. They probably got more than Alabama because, you can watch them nationally every single Saturday. No matter who they're playing, they're on NBC. I mean, that's unheard of, that kind of contract yeah
0: all right that'll do it for this evening we did a pretty good a, uh, you know we said we weren't yeah. gonna go too into fall camp but we did a we did a pretty fair job there it's, it's one week we're not going to start making any resounding assumptions or conclusions about fall camp because like you said everybody's bigger faster stronger um but i did uh mention sp plus bill c's got his projections out when we uh Come back to you uh, with uh, Sir Nicholas Carr on the show. We will take a deep dive into the analytics as we get closer to the start of the season. I will also tease that we will be back with another episode of The Heel Deal with uh, SummerSlam slowly getting to where it is upon us. Um, if you are not uh, speaking my language here, The Heel Deal is going to be our one-off show when we talk WWE pay-per-view events. Um, we've done a WrestleMania. We did a money in the bank. We will be back with a SummerSlam episode later this week, Ben. I know you're going to be locked in for that one. Um, oh yeah. But, um, but yeah, so we'll have another episode there. And uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to dive into SD plus. And uh, again, we're getting closer and closer to that kickoff against Louisville in Atlanta. Um, I did see that they're doing some kind of promotion where you can try to win two tickets and two passes, uh, two tickets to the game and two passes to the college football hall of fame. Um, I believe you text Rebs to, is it eight eight two hundred? Is that what it was? Uh, hang on. I got it. 83, 200, eight, three, two hundred. All right. Yep. The Ole Miss athletic department can go ahead and send the check for that. Um, but yeah, anything else we missed? Uh, fall camp, or I guess early season hype? I'm asking you here, Ben. Did we miss anything? Oh no, I'm
1: sorry. I thought you said <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> no, I, no, uh, I don't think we did. Uh, no, we didn't. I mean, look, everybody's just ready for the. You know, from here until the first game, you're just going to be listening to a bunch of hot air. We all. All the Ole Miss fans, we pretty much know what to expect from our team. And it's all going to hinge on what the un- on the unknowns because we have a lot of knowns. And that's a good thing. Like, we know that our, you know, quarterback's good. We know our running backs are good. We know the offensive line's good. We know the receivers are good. Um, what we don't know is that the defensive line's good. It's not a fault. That's not hating on the D-line. But, like, no. Sam Williams needs to be an eight-sack guy. I haven't heard a lot of from him out of camp you know, or or whoever's yeah. going to play in that spot. I mean, we need somebody to step up and be the man on the, on the D-line and then uh, go from there. You know, like, I and I know we need to get off, so I'll be quick. Anytime you have a great group of players, a great position group, it's because one guy's very great, and he elevates everybody around him. That's through practice. That's through the way they carry themselves. Um, I've always believed that you get that one superstar in there, that Laquan Treadwell in there. Suddenly, all these other really good players—Cody Core, Quincy Ada, Boy Joe, whoever—they become great players, and they are already great, but they're very great because they've got that swagger that comes with, you know, the superstar.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, keeping keeping it on brand here. Last thing, as we talk about everything under the sun, um, if you haven't been locked in, if you're just really itching to get college football. Um, the Pac-12 network has this pro, excuse me, it has this program called football in 60 and it is fantastic. Um, they show replays of old games and it's an hour long show and it is just cut up to where it is just football. Um, it is fantastic. And I know it's Pac-12 football. So a lot of you might laugh and say that that's, that's a joke, but, um, it's Football's football nonetheless. Football, man. That's right. You can turn, yeah. You can turn it on. Um, and, and enjoy some some cut ups of some games. So
1: hey, the good I thing think, is if it's pac 12, you've probably never seen it before. So it's like watching the game for the first time. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah. Um
0: thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. We appreciate all of y'all um for making the show possible. Thanks to all the sponsors for doing that as well. Thanks to Ben for joining me this evening. And uh we'll be back, like I said, later this week with a couple more episodes. So uh, check out the site, RedCupRebellion.com. Check out the Instagram. Check out the merch site at uh, Bad Kick Apparel. Uh, Get all of your Air Kiffin, all of your Lane Train merch, and uh, get ready for uh, kickoff against Louisville. So for Ben over there, I'm Zach. This has been Podcast Rebellion. Thank you all for listening. We are out.